This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the place to stay updated and educated. Tech Guide, episode 410. Hello and welcome to the show. Thank you for taking the time to join me once again. And we would love it if you could leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcast. That helps others to discover the podcast as well. My name is Stephen Fennig. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, Samsung's new smart lock that can now turn your fingerprint into your front door key. LG has released its new 5G Velvet smartphone and at the right price. And Google search results for the first half of a crazy 2020. In the Tech Guide Review, is going to take a look at the Pico. This is the world's first device that can measure colour. We can also talk about one of the hottest products at the moment, a forehead thermometer, and JBL has brought back the boombox. And we'll answer all of your tech questions in the Tech Guide Help Desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Well, Samsung has just released the A30 Smart Lock. This is a device for your front door that allows you to use your fingerprint or a passcode or both as your front door key. Now, it uses biometrics, which is your fingerprint, and it's something we've been used to for quite some time because you think about how you unlock your phone, uh, whether it's uh, an in-screen fingerprint reader or a physical fingerprint reader, might be on the back of the device. If you're using an older iPhone, it's in the home button. So it's the same technology here, but it's now securing your front door. And it's very handy because you're never going to forget your key because you've got your finger with you all the time. And I know there's been some people asking, they've asked me, they asked me this question on the radio. They said, what happens if someone cuts off your finger and uses that on the front door. I thought I'd get this question out the way early because it is, uh, it, it's a valid question, I guess, but the, if the idea of someone cutting off your finger and uh, trying to unlock your phone or, your, or this smart lock, uh, it's not actually going to work because how biometrics works, it works in two ways. It doesn't just read the bare, the basic fingerprint on your digit. It also ha- it detects a pulse behind it as well. So there is a, a little bit of energy exchange there also. So it, it's what, what this allows, this device and any other biometric device for that matter, it's what determines then that this isn't an, an inanimate object that's it's trying to gain access here. The, this is fingerprint and it's backed up by that, that very hardly detectable pulse to us, but it is detectable by this device. So no risk of, if someone cuts off your finger, A, that's pretty bad luck because you, you're missing a finger. That's It's shocking, but they're basically going to be left with, a, to try to open your door, it's basically a piece of wood that they'll be trying to use. They've got a better chance of using a twig to open your front door than your severed digit. So if someone tries to attack you to gain access to your front door, explain to them what I just did, hopefully they'll change their mind. And hopefully it won't come to that. That's being a bit extreme. But in all seriousness, though, this is a product that, I must admit, has been around for a while. I remember writing about biometric locks. The first fingerprint lock that I wrote about was, oh, it would have been 12 to 13 years ago. 
And at the time, it was I was thinking, wow, this is this is why would you need keys? It's the next big thing. This is we have to have this now. But you think about the market back then. We never had smartphones. It was uh, smart homes were not even thought of. So it was kind of ahead of its time. While it was, it was valid technology and and really advanced for its time. Uh, it just didn't catch on quite at that moment because the market just wasn't geared for it. Like today where we, we use our fingerprints to unlock our phones and, and all these other things and we're now we're more conditioned to having this sort of product available. Add to the fact too that we do have smart homes and wireless networks and we are now more conducive to being attracted to a product like this because this isn't just the fingerprint reader. It also has a Wi-Fi connection. There's a companion app as well. So it does really complete the picture as a smart product. But the basics are this is to replace the deadbolt on your front door. So if you've already got a deadbolt, so you can replace this, your current, deadbolt with with the A30 smart lock. In my case, I've installed this on my front door and I actually did did a live cross to Studio 10 to, to show them to demonstrate this as one of many smart home products. But uh, go to 10play.com.au and you can see that you can see that uh, that segment. And this was one of the, the products I demonstrated at the front door. So Basics are it does replace the deadlock on your door if you don't have a deadlock. And I didn't have, I had just a basic handle and key setup at my place. So, what I've done, I've added this to that setup. So, I've disabled the locking functionality of my existing lock and now installed the Samsung as the deadbolt. But your front door might have a deadbolt and also a handle, a separate handle to open the door and close the door. That is the ideal scenario to replace it. Now, Samsung says if you're just replacing a deadbolt, it's a 30-minute job. And I, I can't attest to that because I had to create a – well, not me, my son Aaron, who's a great tradie. He, he, he's the one who did all the work. He had to drill the hole for the door and the deadbolts and also the catch as well. It was about a three-hour job, and, and that was that was making sure it was all lined up perfectly connected to Wi-Fi. So if you're a DIY enthusiast in and you are doing this from scratch, it, it is a bit of work. Just just warning you there. But once it's all installed and I've got to say I'm really impressed with this because I can I can know now throw away my front door key. I don't need it anymore. My fingerprint is now my key. There's a master password that I've set on the lock as well. And it does also have that companion app. So it's really easy to program your fingerprints. It's really just three quick swipes of the of the fingerprint pad. And I've registered all my family's fingerprints now so they can all come to the front door, use their fingerprint. There is the master passcode as well so that if, if failing you, the fingerprint, you can actually use the passcode also. And through the app, you can also open the door remotely. So I tried this. When we installed the lock, uh, I went up to the shopping centre to grab some lunch and I rang my son. I said, listen, I want to try something. Go lock yourself out of the door. He, he could have got back in with his fingerprint anyway. I said, but I just want to try something. I was at the shopping centre, which was about three kilometres away, and I said, look, I just want to try something. And I, and I said, look, I'm going to try unlock the door from here. And I opened up the app, pressed pressed the, the button, the lock button, the unlock button, pressed and held it. It completed the circle on the app. And then he, I had him on the phone at the time, and he said, "Wow, it opened from here." So that just that comes in handy when 
say maybe one of your children's home from school earlier, they don't have a key, or uh, you, you may be expecting a tradie and they get the, to your place before you, you can let them in remotely, or you know, you've got a friend that, that's coming over and that they get there before you do, you can also let them in your house. So it's really handy in that way. But in terms of the fingerprint access, you can grant fingerprint access and even one-time passcode access as well. So say that you are, say you're renting your home on Airbnb, you can for your new for the new people staying over your new customers, they can have you can give them a passcode that will only work for the duration of their stay. So you can program it so it starts at Sunday at 3 p.m. and ends on Friday at, at 11 a.m., which is the checkout time. And that passcode will only work for that, for that duration. Same deal if you've got, say, a cleaner or someone that needs entry to your house, like a babysitter or someone, you can then program their, either their fingerprint or a passcode to be valid for that time as well. Say your, your babysitter comes over every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. and they leave by 11 by 11 p.m., that, that they're the period, that's the period of entry. Or your cleaner comes over every Thursday at 9 and it's done by 12. You can set that period as well. So it, it gives you that, that flexibility. What you can also see through the app too is a log of entry. So you can see when everyone comes through the door, what time, whose fingerprint was used, whether it was open manually with a passcode, with a PIN code. So generally what you do when you register the PIN code, you can register up to 50 pin, uh, fingerprints, by the way. You, generally when you register a fingerprint, you assign a name to it. So to, rather than it being 103, open the door at wherever, you can see that when that comes up, you can actually put that down as your family member or someone that you know. Just just make a make a note of which which one matches the person, and that way it gives you a more accurate log of who comes in and out of your door. The the that that comes in handy, especially if you've got teenage kids. You're wondering what time they got home. They had a late night. You see, oh okay, so you got home at three forty five a.m. Okay, so that's uh, uh, that's a way for you to see who comes in and out of your home. But there are other other features here. There's also a privacy mode. So when you you can prevent, if you set privacy mode, you can actually prevent the door from being unlocked from the outside. So, so you can totally disable it from the outside in privacy mode. There's also a randomizer mode. So what, what this is handy for, because sometimes some, some people can, they might want to try to see where the fingerprint marks are on the keypad. So generally a keypad goes one, two, three in the first row, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine in the third row, and zero on its own. If if someone's clever enough, they can maybe see where the fingerprints have gone more often and might try to guess your your, your pin. I know it's highly unlikely, but the randomizer mode prevents that because uh, you, you it can just randomize the keypad because it's just a display that comes up. It can just randomly put the numbers wherever it wants. Uh, so that there's no no way of guessing then where the fingerprints would be. There's also away mode, and that can be activated obviously when you go away. And what that does that if if anyone attempts to open the door from the inside, it will trigger an alarm from the lock. So you think about it: if you're away, someone's going to maybe if anyone tries to break into your house, they're not going to try break your front door down. They might try to come in through a window or the back and then let themselves out the front door. Well, with away mode, that will trigger an alarm. Uh, and the the app, as I said, works really well whether you're home, whether you're, whether you're at the shops, whether you're in another country. Like anything else, you, you can remotely control the lock as well. 
Very handy, really cool new smart product from Samsung. It's available from today. And today, July 27, I'm recording this on a Monday. So from today, it's available from Bunnings, and it's going to be priced at 569 bucks. And at that price, I think you're getting smart, security, convenience, all-in-one product. I think it is definitely worth it. If you want to bring your home into the 21st century, throw that key away. Uh, imagine uh, even anyone who's who's a parent who's giving their child a key. Now they don't even have to remember the key. They don't even worry, have to worry about losing the key because the key is their fingerprint. Really easy. Also, too, if you're coming in, you might have groceries or something in your hands. Rather than having to fish around for keys in your pocket or in a bag, one touch, the door's open and you're inside. So convenience-wise, it is very attractive. The Samsung A30 Smart Lock, available from Bunnings, 569 bucks. And if you want to check it out, take a look at it. It's at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. LG have just unveiled their new 5G smartphone. It's called the LG Velvet. And I've got to say, it goes on sale in a couple of weeks. And I've got to say, I really like this. I've already got it. I only just got it a few days ago. So this isn't a review. This is more just a, a, an overview of the product. But I've got to say, early impressions, I'm very impressed. This is a really nice-looking phone, really high-quality screen, uh, beautifully designed, got all those high-end features. And... It's only $899. Now, in the past, and I've spoken about LG phones, I've written about them, spoken about them on this show, I've always said that LG make great smartphones. They, they're great quality, they're, they're beautiful, they do everything, got the great features, but the mistake LG make is that they try to take on Apple and Samsung at their own game. Now, in the past, they've priced them at the same level as those premium iPhones and Galaxy products. And that's been a mistake because despite their high quality and the attention to detail, and I've rated them, I think they're as good as an iPhone, as good as a Samsung, customers just aren't putting LG in the mix. Apple's been an iPhone uh, iPhone. Uh, manufacturer for many years. It's the it's the go-to device for a lot of people. Samsung, number one phone manufacturer in the world. LG, they make great TVs and other products, but customers, for some reason, just don't connect the dots to the phone. Uh, even even when, when you go into a telco, when the new LG phone comes out that's available through telcos, the first thing they're going to ask you is, are you an iPhone or a Samsung? Or if, and if you say, sorry, if you say Android, they're going to steer you into a Samsung. Now, I don't know how it works at telcos, how the margins work, how the kickbacks work, but the other brands, if you're not Apple or Samsung, the other brands are ignored through a telco. That's why a lot of companies now, especially the mid-tier and high-mid-tier phones like this, are being sold outright through a retailer. And in this case, the, the LG Velvet is available through JB Hi-Fi and The Good Guys. They haven't announced telco partners yet. There will be some, but we believe one of those partners will be Vodafone. So keep an eye out for that as well because you might be able to buy it on a plan. You, actually, you'll be able to buy it like subsidised, not subsidised. You'll be able to pay it off over two years, three years, if that's more, if that's easy for you rather than paying out $899 in one hit because uh, they do separate, all the telcos now separate the phone, the mobile plan from the device plan. They're, they're separate and 
and go month to month now. So that that's a whole different different uh, proposition there. But if you uh, can pay it outright, then you you can do that at JB Hi-Fi and the good guys. Now. Feature-wise, it's 5G for a start, which is that in itself is impressive in a device under a thousand dollars. And 5G devices, normally, uh, they're the sort of the flagship devices. We're expecting Apple's iPhone to be a 5G device when it's released later this year, and that'll be that'll be well over a thousand dollars. Let me tell you. But in in LG's case here, they've got five not only 5G but also some pretty other impressive features, including the large OLED screen. This is a 6.8-inch full-vision OLED display. Now, you remember, LG make OLED TVs and bloody good ones too. So they've brought that technology, that quality, to their devices. And it's, it's, got a, it's, a, it's actually a really nice shape. It's a 20.5 by 9 shape. So it's like a widescreen movie shape. So even though it's 6.8 inches, it's still easy to grip in one hand. So it gives you that nice look and feel. Um, Design-wise, it, 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 they're calling it their 3D arc design. And it's it's sort of curved at the back and at the front and, and just rests in your nice really, really nicely. It's really nice to hold in your hand. It is also rated IP68. So it's water and dust resistant as well. So, so far... It's matching the flagships feature for feature in terms of design, the IP rating, screen size and quality, big ticks all around. Now, the the device having that lovely screen, there's a video enhancer, so it boosts things like brightness and contrast. There's also a 3D sound engine, so you get this virtual surround sound through the stereo speakers. So... Again, your entertainment experience is 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 right up there, and again, LG is sort of focusing this device. They want to appeal to content creators, but also content consumers. So not only is it a good place to view your content, but also a good place to make it as well. And you can start through the camera. There's a 48 megapixel main camera, 8 megapixel ultra wide, and a 5 megapixel time of flight camera. So it helps get that focus right. On the front, and there's a small teardrop notch, 16 megapixel camera on the front that's also capable of 4K video. So right there, camera-wise, it's also pretty attractive as well. And the camera also has a lot of these creative features, so you can create smooth. It's got the, the steady cam, so for smooth videos, it's got a 3D AR effect, 3D tilting photo effect, live captions as well. The uh, there's also a cool feature if you're shooting a video in a loud environment. There's a voice bokeh feature, and what that means, it can actually separate individual voices in a video from a noisy background. It can focus on a person talking in a noisy environment, and then you can hear them clearly despite all the background noise. Uh, and it also has a great audio quality as well, audio recording quality. So all those features, pretty premium in the way you create your content as well as view your content as well. Battery-wise, you've got a 4,300 milliamp hour all-day battery, and it also has wireless charging. So if you've got a, it's a Qi charging compatible. So if you've got a, a wireless charger, it will work with that also. So the name of it as well, LG Velvet, rather than giving it a, a, a number, what, what LG's done, this is sort of a deliberate move here, in, as well as bringing the price under 1000 bucks, They want to naturally attract customers away from Samsung and away from Apple and, and concentrate specifically on creative customers, active social media users between 18 and 35. That's kind of their strategy here. Now, in, in the past, as I said, 
these have been impressive phones, but they've priced themselves out of the market and customers just weren't giving them the serious consideration they deserved. But now with the LG Velvet, and it's called Velvet because this is going to be the new naming convention for their phones because they want the name to reflect the experience and the usability rather than a letter and a model. Like Velvet being like high quality and smooth, it is meant to convey that to the customer rather than it just being called the, the G7 whatever. It's, it's just rather than being a sterile number. The name, I think, evokes a bit more emotion and a bit more uh, attraction to the brand rather than having a, a model number. This is LG's strategy, and I've got to say, I've only been using the phone for a few days, and I'm really impressed with the quality. Everyone else I've shown it to also uh, thought it was pretty impressive as well. Uh, if you want to check it out for yourself, you can do that at the website. It goes on sale in a couple of weeks. They, I'd say late July. We're already late July. Probably early August you'll be able to find this at JB Hi-Fi and the good guys, perhaps a little later in the at the telcos as well. But if you want to check it out for yourself, there's pictures of the LG Velvet, which is going to be $8.99. You can check it out at techguide.com.au. Now, Google normally waits until the end of the year to release their search results. And I always find this really interesting because it's, it's, a, it's a perfect barometer at what we've been interested in. And in the past, the, the, the search results have reflected the big events, uh, the, big, the big things we were curious about throughout the year. What, what Google's done this year, they've decided to release their search results for the first half of 2020. And I think you don't need to be a genius to work out the fact that it's been a pretty crazy year so far with coronavirus changing everything. And no surprise that the coronavirus was the top search result. But so popular, it was actually Google's highest peak ever. So in other words, more people searched for coronavirus in 2020 than anything else ever in the history of Google. That's how interested we were. It is a once-in-a-hundred-year event. So this coronavirus crisis has has created that kind of curiosity. Uh, but it wasn't just coronavirus. We were curious about social distancing and panic buying and how to make hand sanitizer and where to buy toilet paper. So all of this was of interest as well. And at the start of the year, you have to remember, the biggest search at the start of the year were the bushfires. Uh, and that, that was massive. Over summer, Australia was ravaged by these bushfires. In fact, when I landed in the US for the Consumer Electronic Shows in January, the Consumer Electronic Show, I should say, in January, uh, when I was getting my accreditation at the airport, the woman heard my Australian accent and she said, oh, how are you guys doing with your, with your brush fires? And, and she, they, they were, everyone that heard my accent, everyone asked the same question. Oh, we've been seeing them on the news. How are you guys doing? And yes, that was a huge story at the time. But little did we know that in a couple of short months later, it would be surpassed by an even bigger story that didn't just affect Australia, but affected the rest of the world. Now, the... What Google has released are the most popular search topics from January 1 to June 30, as well as the most popular questions 
that people have typed into Google as well. Because you don't just search for one word terms or two word terms. You also can ask it questions. Now, going through the search terms, naturally, coronavirus was number one. Number two was social distancing. Number three was worldometers, which is the measurement of the coronavirus in all the different countries. Number four was panic buying. Number five was severe acute respiratory syndrome, which is uh, that's what SARS stands for. Number six, though, was not really quite coronavirus-related, was Black Lives Matter. That was a huge story, uh, all the protests that were going on across the, the U.S. and then here in Australia. Uh, number eight was, oh, sorry, number seven was pandemic. People wanted to know what that meant. Number eight was hand sanitizer. And uh, number nine was animal crossing. I don't know why that was in number nine. Number 10 was Spanish flu. Number 11 was Kobe Bryant. Remember, Kobe Bryant passed away uh, early in the year. Uh, and then you had other search terms like Zoom, video communications, social isolation, quarantine, toilet paper, TikTok. And number 18, after all the coronavirus, was bushfires in Australia. Now, in terms of the questions we asked, this was this is very interesting as well. Uh, the main question we asked was, how many cases of coronavirus in Australia? Number two question was, what is coronavirus? Number three was, how did coronavirus start? Number four, how many people have died from coronavirus? Number five, and I'd say this is probably even more popular more recently, what are the symptoms of coronavirus? But there were, were some other questions that were that made this top 20 list of questions called, like one was, is coronavirus airborne? Can you get coronavirus twice? Is Kim Jong-un dead? That was another story that was sort of right in the middle of the coronavirus crisis was there were reports that he died and that they hadn't announced it. It was like a weekended Mooney situation there where was he seen? Was he at the event? Was he not? The other question, and a listener, a, a, a reader contacted me about this. One question was, what is the name of the kingdom in Tangled? You know, the Disney film, Tangled. So I'm thinking, why would they ask that? As it turns out, the name of the kingdom in Tangled, so that, that's a Disney animated film, the name of the kingdom is Corona. That's why I think it came up in the search. The other questions were, can dogs get coronavirus? When does JobKeeper end? And why is everyone buying toilet paper? Yes, I was puzzled by that as well. And some people saw fit to ask Google the same question. But the Google search terms are quite interesting. I haven't gone through everything there, but there are the two full lists, including the peak list. There's, there's a list of, uh, there's a graph showing the peak uh, search term for coronavirus, which was, I think, in late March. It hit its absolute peak. You can see that on Tech Guide as well, as well as seeing all the search terms and all the questions we asked Dr. Google as well. This is Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Is your Wi-Fi struggling to keep up with your streaming, your work, gaming, video calling and more? What about if you're doing all of that at once? When you're connected to your world by Wi-Fi, be sure it's the best. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with the Orbi Wi-Fi 6 from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6 is the best and latest in Wi-Fi. It covers your entire home with the fastest Wi-Fi for uninterrupted streaming, video calling and working and learning from home on more devices than ever before. In any part of your house, 
it'll work. It's Wi-Fi that's been perfectly engineered. Ready for the best Wi-Fi ever? Find out more at netgear.com dot slash best Wi-Fi. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. Alrighty, kicking off the review, uh, a, a very interesting product. It's not a phone, it's not headphones, it's not uh, a keyboard. It's a device that measures colour. It's called the Pico. And this is the world's first colour matching device. I know any of you listening right now, you might be doing renos, you might be painting, you want to match something, you want to do something in your home, give your home a bit of a freshen up. Trying to match paint is quite difficult, I understand. I haven't done it for a while, but I do remember when I did have to do it, trying to remember, say, you've got to patch up something and try to find the right paint. Well, here's a device that can help you do it. This is the world's first print paint matching device because it can measure colour. So anyone who wants to match paint, uh, what they normally do is take a picture. So they take a photo, then they search through a colour book and just cross their fingers and hope for the best. But what you can do with Pico is you can instantly record a colour and measure it. So the, the device itself is quite small. It's small enough actually to wear around your neck. It's only 6 centimetres long, 1.8 centimetres wide, 1.5 uh, centimetres thick weighs just 16 grams so it's quite quite small and what you do with it there's the top part there's a button and a small led light but on the bottom is where the magic happens on the bottom is a sensor and what it does the when when you when you place the unit uh on the on the color you actually got to rest it physically put it on the color uh it passes through red green and blue bursts of light and it reflects it and it's measured by the color sensor and then processed by the color engine 2 processor on board so what it does then when you when you have it paired you need to have it paired to the companion app and so when you hold down so you rest it on the color you want to measure press the button at the top and then you'll see that color pop up on the in the app uh, you can see it that it's matched it perfectly then you tap on that color, and then suddenly you can read different measurements of that color. So the color data you get, there's an RGB measurement, an LAB measurement, LRV, HEX readings as well. So you can get the most accurate color information to match what you're trying to match. Uh, and it's quite small too, so it fits in these tiny spaces, uh, and you, uh, you can match the color quite easily. The app as well has some other features built in. So you can actually create spaces within the app. So you can sort of build a virtual room within the app to reflect the room you have. And that way you can also preview how the colors will look in that particular space. And, and not only that, you can also keep track of your renovations at the same time through the app as well. So really easy to record the color and then find the color. But if you have that accurate information, finding a color match is then becomes way, way easier. Now, the device itself uh, adjusts for different factors also, like it's got an ambient temperature temperature sensor as well, so it does deliver that consistent reading time after time. So it's a pretty smart little product. Uh, Design-wise, it actually is, is quite, a, quite a nice little unit, very plain looking, but there are no screws or glue or any harmful metals 
that were used to make the device. So it's 99% recyclable as well. So they've done the right thing there. And because of its small size, it can fit into virtually anywhere. So you can actually use it wherever you want. So I think, look, if you're, tr- if you're trying to, if you're buying and trying to match paints for a room refresh or a reno, then the Pico is exactly what you need. It's a tiny little unit. Price at 79 bucks, but I think if it can save you a bit of heartache and also save you from buying the wrong paint to match the rest of the room or your doors or your windows or whatever you want to match, then I think it's a worthwhile investment. If you want to check it out, you can see the, a picture of the Pico itself. That's my hand that it's uh, being held in, just so you can appreciate how small it is. Uh, and there's also some snapshots from the app as well. So it's uh, 79 bucks the Pico, and you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Well, we are talking about unusual products on the show today, and this one, this is probably the most sought-after product on the market right now. It's the MedSense TF01 forehead thermometer. So anyone who's had their temperature taken within the last six months will have no doubt seen this forehead thermometer. It's like a gun, sort of gun shape, and you can now buy your own. It's from Andertech, Aussie company. The MedSense TF01 infrared thermometer gun. It is clinically proven, so it is accurate, and it's 149 bucks, so it's also affordable. So you think about who would buy this. I think the it's 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 someone who maybe you want to ensure that anyone coming into your home or store or office doesn't have an elevated temperature. That's as they say, one of the symptoms of COVID-19 is an elevated temperature. So how it works, you turn it on. And there is a little thermometer button and you press and hold that button and a little blue light will appear on the person's forehead. That will also help you keep it three to five centimetres away from their forehead to get an accurate reading. And then you hear it beep and then it comes up on the screen with not only the temperature, their temperature, but also it also has a the backlight colour changes to match the reading. So if you've got a low temperature reading, that would be orange. Uh, if you've got a regular reading, that'll come up as green. So if you've tested within, I think it's up to 36, 37.1, uh, the green is 34 to 37.1 degrees Celsius. You can also change it to Fahrenheit if you're listening in the US. Uh, it is very easy. I've explained in my story how to do that. But the, the difference, so if you're low, if you're below 34 degrees, it says uh, has an orange background. Uh, so, uh, yeah, orange background. If you are normal, 34 to 37.1 is the, is considered normal. So that will come up with a, as a green background. Uh, it will turn orange if you are 37.2 to 38.1. That's orange, so that's slightly elevated temperature. But if it turns red, then you've got a problem you need to see a doctor because if it's 38.2 and above, that's in the high range, that's in the red, and that would be classed as a COVID risk and you would probably be refused entry. So if you had this in your shop, in your house, and or in your office, and someone came in and it turned the backlight red, uh, that's a red alert. Tell that person to go home, isolate, get tested, whatever you need to do. It is a really quick and easy way to do it. Now, it's hard sometimes to spot an elevated temperature, 
but with this, you can do it straight away. What I like about it too is that it also has a memory button. So it says MEM, which is short for memory, and you can then recall the last nine temperatures you took. So say someone comes in and goes, oh, what was my temperature again? You can go back to the last nine readings and see those last nine temperature checks. Uh, look, it, it sounds, if, if you were asked a year ago for someone, if you were asked, oh, look, you can't come in unless I take your temperature, you'd look at them like they were crazy and you'd probably get be offended. But nowadays with the coronavirus, the COVID-19, it's something we just all do. It's something we all take for granted. It's not something that offends us. It's just something that has to be done. And if you need to do it in your office, in your home, uh, in your store, in your cafe, wherever you want, this is a very handy way to stay COVID safe. 149 bucks. It's clinically proven as well. So you're not getting just a, a cheap Chinese device, a cheap little cheaply made product. You're getting a device that is medically, uh, clinically proven and accurate uh, and a way for you to stay COVID safe in these crazy, crazy times. If you want to read more about the MedSense TF01 forehead thermometer, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Now, who remembers the boombox? Are you old enough listening right now? Do you remember the 80s? The 80s were the glory days of the boombox. And this was pre-CD. This is this the big cassette players that you used to walk around, used to pop it up on your shoulder. It's got a handle on top. And this would be the way to power the neighbourhood party back in the 80s. If you don't remember back that far, I'm sure you can Google it, look back in the history books and see it. But actually, you don't need to do that because JBL has brought the Boombox back. Yes, they've got the JBL Boombox 2. This is a humongous speaker. It weighs 5.9 kilos, is 48.4 centimetres wide, has a massive handle on top and is Bluetooth, of course, but it delivers, it's not only a big product, but also delivers, as you'd expect, a pretty big sound as well. And it's got that handle. You can't fold it down, though. That's what I liked about the old boom boxes. You could, uh, it's like a fold-down handle. Now, this is like a fixed handle on top there, but the boom boxes back in the day had like a speaker either side. In the middle was the cassette player, so you you, you would open up the cassette, uh, put the cassette in there and the little door, pushed it in, there'd be a play button underneath, uh, and it would that would be that'd be the boombox. And but now with the handle is fixed, there's no cassette of course, it's Bluetooth connected to your phone. Uh, there's volume controls at the top. It's also IP sixty oh sorry, IPX seven rated, which means it's waterproof. So no no restrictions on where you can take the speaker. The boombox too can go to the pool, the beach, on your next camping trip, even if you're indoor entertainment uh, gets rained out, uh, you can still keep the music playing. Uh, the device is also, while it's big, it's also rugged, so it's built to be used outside. It's got this pretty bold design with the handle, so you can easily hoist it up onto your shoulder, like the old days, and uh, you can also then take it wherever you want. So it's got a rugged construction, so despite it being big and having a big sound, it's also tough, which is what you want from a big boombox like this, because 
you'd probably want to take it outside and uh, power up your next party. You might have some friends over. You might be outside. You might want to, to start up the tunes. Well, the JBL Boombox 2 can help you do that. Now, this has, of course, it's built by JBL, which is a division of Harman. Uh, and has got its uh, its original pro sound, signature sound built in, which means you get pretty deep bass response here, clear mid-levels and smooth high levels as well, and all packed into a crowd-pleasing speaker that you can take wherever you want. So entertainment, big tick. But the other thing too, there's a feature on board called, on board called Party Boost, now, this is a feature of other JBL speakers as well. And if you've got a JBL Party Boost compatible speaker, you can actually link it to the Boombox 2 and create an even bigger sound. So you can link them all together, they'll play all the same sound, and it'll be even louder. The neighbours will definitely complain if you've got a lot of these Party Boost compatible speakers all joined together. Now, battery-wise, here is a tremendous result here. It can literally go all day and all night because battery life on a full charge, 24 hours. That's all day and all night, 24 hours. And it gets better. You can even use this as a power bank. So if your phone or tablet needs a charge, hook in your USB charging cable and this baby will not only be pumping out the tunes, it will also be recharging your device as well. Now, this is a pretty big product. It's got a big sound, but you know what? It's also got a big price. It's not cheap. This is $629.95. It's a massive speaker, though. You've got to remember, remember it's 48.4 centimetres wide. That's nearly half a metre wide. That's big. Big sound, big speaker, big price. $629.95. It's available now from all leading electronics retailers. Look, if you're serious about your sound, and if you're an audio fan as well, price is kind of a secondary consideration for a lot of audio files. Not that this is an audio file product, but it is a big product with a big sound, big bold sound, big bold design, and it's a boom box. Come on, it's all there. The boom box, the JBL boom box 2 priced at $629.95. We'd love you to check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe and secure online. Now, we live in a world where we're constantly connected. There are cyber attacks more prevalent than ever. There are phishing scams, ransomware, online predators, and big data tracking your every move. And during this coronavirus crisis, there is so many scams and spam out there that you need a product like Norton. The cyber threats have evolved, and Norton has evolved with it. The new Norton 360 gives you next-level protection, combining the power of device security with a secure VPN to help keep you and your family safe and private online. The new Norton 360 is all-in-one protection for your devices and online privacy. It's available now at leading retailers or au.norton.com. And now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. A couple of questions in the Tech Guide Help Desk. The first one was from a reader who was having issues with a wireless connection to their new mesh system. I think it was the TP-Link uh, version of the mesh network there, the mesh routers. 
and the printer was a Fuji Xerox printer. And he was saying that uh, it, the, the system had recognised all of his other products, but it had not picked up the printer. Now, my suggestion was to link from the printer. Obviously, it, you need to go into the display, make sure that the printer is visible on the network, make sure that you can see if the network's available. Now, the issue could be also that some printers can only connect through 2.4 gigahertz network. There are a lot of dual band routers out there, but the router should take care of that on its own. It's kind of its own traffic cop there and can do that. So what I suggested was to check the firmware. Printers get surprisingly high number of firmware updates. I've got a Canon uh, EcoTank printer, That's a, sorry, an Epson EcoTank printer, and I reckon I get a firmware update once a month. They love a firmware update at Epson, so I reckon that's probably a good place to start. Make sure the firmware is updated. You can go into the screen, into the settings, uh, into on the, on the Epson thing, it's under the maintenance section, Make sure, check if there's a firmware update, run the firmware update. If it's still having issues, the, the next I would then try to maybe do a factory reset to see if it gets picked up on the network like that. Uh, the other question I had too is about online storage. Uh, and I think there's a lot of people who are aware of the free storage. I think iCloud offers you five gig, five gigabytes for free. Uh, and people who want to back up their phone on iCloud sometimes don't have enough room. Five gigs is not enough. That's not even enough for their photos. So what I suggest people to do is to buy more memory. You can buy, I think it's four, I pay $4.49 on iCloud. That gives me 200 gig of online storage, which is enough to back up my iPhone and my iPad. So God forbid I lose my iPhone, lose my iPad. I've got that iCloud backup. So on my new device can be, can be uh, then all my content can come back from iCloud. But also there's Google Photos. Now, Google Google One is a, the new online storage, sort of the all-encompassing online storage from Google. And they offer free up to 15 gigabytes for free. So that's something to take in mind. The question I had for this reader, though, was uh, he had reached his limit on iCloud, 5 gig, and he was said, he has, what are the options on Google uh, and, and its storage? My suggestion was, look, pay for the extra iCloud. You're on iCloud now why split it up like so pay extra iCloud storage so you can get on iCloud up to two terabytes a month for $14.99 that's 15 bucks a month that's two terabytes of online storage it's, it's something I think that has to be done we, we don't want to lose our photos we want a backup of our stuff and you've got to pay for that I'd say unless you've got a hard drive and you're putting your photos off your phone on a hard drive that's hard to do Pay for the extra storage. Don't be cheap here because it could cost you the backup of your precious memories and videos, your photos and videos. Google Photos, or Google One, has two terabyte storage for $12.49. So it's actually cheaper. Google One, $12.49. And Google One can be used with an iPhone, so you don't have to use iCloud. Google One, $12.49 for two terabytes. iCloud two terabytes is $14.99, but that is only for iOS devices. Uh, and Max, so check that out. But my suggestion, going back to the start, the very question, don't separate, don't be looking, even though you've hit your limit of free iCloud storage, pay up, pay the extra, pay another $1.50 to get more or $4.49 to get more. St keep it all in the same place. If you go to Google, you're eventually going to waste through the free bit anyway, so you're going to have to end up paying there as well. So why delay the inevitable? Pay for your extra storage. Don't be cheap 
when it comes to your precious memories because you could live to regret it. The Tech God Help Desk, by the way, was brought to you by Belkin. I didn't mention that before. Belkin is the place to go if you need cables, chargers, wireless chargers, belkin.com forward slash au. That is the end of our show for this week. Everything we've spoken about on the show, you can find at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch, we'd love to hear from you guys. Info at techguide.com.au or press the Ask Stephen icon on the right-hand side of the Tech Guide website. There's my face and the Belkin uh, logo. They also sponsor the Ask Stephen section of Tech Guide. Belkin are our great mates. Uh, You click on that and your email will come straight through to me. We also want to give a special thanks to our other sponsors, that's Netgear, who've been around since the very start of the program. They're the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs. And also Norton, they've been around for a few years as well, supporting the Tech Guide podcast, and they can keep you and your family safe online. We'd love you to support the sponsors who support us. They are great brands. We wouldn't be associated with them if they weren't. Thank you again for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then... Stay safe and stay connected.